0: Growing church and spending time with your family? If so, in today's podcast, we're going to talk about how to have both without feeling guilty or overwhelmed. So let's get started. So, the big question is this How do pastors like us, who remain focused on the mission of Jesus and serving our communities without being distracted by everything in the world around us, how do we increase our effectiveness? While living a lifestyle that doesn't compromise our health, our families, or our personal relationships with Jesus? That's the question this podcast is going to answer. I'm Dr. Brandon Party Cooper, and welcome to the Ministry Hackers Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Ministry Hackers Podcast. If this is your first time with us, my name is Dr. Brandon Party Cooper. I'm the founder of Ministry Hackers, and I just want to welcome you to being a part of our podcast today. Before we get started, I want to tell you about a project that I've been working on over the last couple of weeks just for you. On May 3rd, we are going to kick off the five days to creating a highly productive staff challenge. Uh, this challenge is designed for all of you lead pastors out there who are in your first five years and you want a highly productive staff uh, to help you grow your church so you can spend more time with your families. Again, it's going to be on May 3rd, uh, and we're going to start to go live in the Ministry Hackers group and so it's going to go for five days uh, and i want to invite you to be a part of that in order to do that though you need to go to ministryhackers.com challenge to sign up it's free it is not going to cost you anything uh, but you do need to go to go to ministryhackers.com challenge sign up there we'll send you an email to give you access to the group and join us for the five days we're going to unpack things every day uh, for those five days and so i'm super excited about the project but more importantly, I'm excited about what it's going to mean for lead pastors like you out there. Uh, it's going to mean that you can have a growing church, and you can also uh, spend time with your family through having a productive staff. And so please consider joining us. Go to ministryhackers.com slash challenge. Sign up today. We're going to kick it off on May 3rd, and so don't miss out on it. Um, today, I am joined by my friend, Dr. Jason Baca. Uh, Jason and I go back just a few years. We met each other uh, at Regent University working on our doctorates together. And I'm super excited to have him join uh, me today. And he's going to be co-hosting with me over the next couple of weeks as we get ready for the challenge. So uh, I want to introduce you to Jason Baca. Hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going? So, Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself. Kind of give everybody an idea of who you are, uh, what you do, and and just uh, you know, kind of give us a history of who you are. Sure.
1: Uh, well, as Brandon mentioned, uh, we met in our doctoral, we basically have the same degree. And uh, right. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, most the majority of my study was for motivation and leadership. The final manuscript, the, the dissertation, if you will, was really stepping into uh, motivational theory and how to get uh, people in your organization or your church to buy into the vision, to really own their roles and to perform at the highest level. So Uh, Obviously, because Brandon and I were in the same degree program, there was a lot that we related on, not only in our areas of focus and study, uh, but both of us having worked full-time jobs in churches for so many years and having such a heart for the church. So naturally, we hit it off and we've been friends for years now. And I'm happy to be here and very privileged to be a part of this uh, build-up leading up to the challenge here in just a few weeks.
0: Yeah, super excited. You know, it was great uh, just getting to know Jason in the in the, um, doctoral program and, and excited to work with him over the next few weeks. And so we, uh, we've been working hard for the last two weeks, haven't we, Jason?
1: Yeah. So a lot of planning, a lot of preparation again, it's ministryhackers.com slash challenge. Uh, mm-hmm. really this comes from, you know, my heart, but especially Brandon's heart, uh, for young lead pastors out there, Brandon, for those of you who don't know, Brandon is a professional consultant. He does a lot of consulting with pastors in helping with productivity, creating Systems and ultimately developing and building a higher or, yeah, higher, more productive pastoral staff so that as we're unpacking today in in the content, so that you as a lead pastor don't have to choose between do I, you know, devote my time and energy to this growing church and this thing that God has called me to do and and this church that God is blessing, or do I take that time and spend it with my family and my young, growing family uh, at home? And so uh, Brandon has the, the key to unlock being able to have your cake and eat it to both at the same time. And I'm so uh, happy to go along with the ride to help Brandon get this message to the church out there.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, if we get down to the heart of, you know, why we're doing the challenge, why we're kind of going down this path, you know, you and I, as you mentioned, we've been in ministry, you know, long enough. We've seen lots of friends, lots of people that we've known in ministry that, you know, Um, you know, we've, we have lots of friends who do really well in ministry. We've seen probably more than our fair share of, uh, pastors and ministry leaders who, um, who either just burn out because of, you know, they, because they're caught in that tension. You know, they, you know, all of us as pastors, we want this growing church. We want a church that's thriving and reaching the community and all of these things, but that's a lot of work and it's a lot of time and a lot of effort. And usually what happens is, uh, you know, the pastors that burn out going that direction, it's usually because they've lost sight or lost connection with their family along the way. And, you know, kind of struggling with that tension, um, has, you know, breaking point. And, and at the same time, you know, we know other pastors who have, who feel like they've had to make the choice, you know, I'm going to put my family first. And because I'm choosing to put my family first, that means that, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to have a growing church. And they kind of resign themselves to, you know, maybe, i don't know maybe feeling like they're not fulfilling god's calling on their life Mm -hmm. because they're choosing family over over a growing church and and i know that i you know for me i just i don't believe that that's kind of i don't think that's how god designed it when he called us all into you know into ministry he called us to grow the church and to reach communities and i don't think he called us to do that at the sacrifice of our families and so you know, so so the heart behind, you know, the challenge itself is we want to help pastors to not have to choose and to be able to do both. And we believe that the main way that that happens is by having a highly productive staff. Now, now, Jason, you've been on several staffs before. Would you say you have ever been on a highly productive staff, or you know, kind of where where do you think you fall uh, on the staffs that you've been a part of over the years? Where where do you think they lie?
1: Yeah. So due to the nature of uh, God's call on our life, we've lived in a bunch of different cities all around the country over the past 10, 15 years. And so I've had the privilege of being on staff at uh, like on staff full time or a.k.a. part time. But really, we all know that means full time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There's no such thing as a part time, uh, you know, ministry employee. Right. Uh, Right. At uh, I think four churches now. Uh, like from church plant like literally where i am like the first member uh like the first the first member of the church to say yes uh <laughs> to uh, churches that are 10 12 15,000 uh you know it, so i've been on on staff and doing full-time work in all of it and i have noticed yes i've i've seen great leaders create highly productive really healthy church cultures and i've been a part of churches either paid staff or just being a part of the church um, that you can tell that this is a this is a, a log jam for them, right? It's a right. bottleneck that, that they do not have the the culture in place or just on a practical level, the systems and the processes in place yeah. to allow their staff, their volunteers, teams, the church in general to really grow and flourish. And uh, yeah, I really do believe, and one of the reasons why I'm here for the next couple of weeks is I am in agreement with Brandon that it really comes down to this. Uh, so my wife and I, more so my wife Kelly she she needs chiropractic care and so we went to a chiropractor one time and he basically only adjusts like this top of the spine right there's a lot you can do in chiropractic care like the hips and the legs and all that but his whole philosophy is like if you just straighten this up at the top and get this top in alignment that everything else will kind of fall in alignment down the line and when he told us that like this was years ago I just felt like it was such a profound analogy for leadership in general, especially within the church, that if like the top tier leaders, the top at the top of the neck, right, can get in perfect alignment, that the rest just kind (laughs) of flows. And so I really do think that, you know, with everything that Brandon is saying that, man, if you can create a highly productive pastoral staff, that top tier leadership, if everyone is in alignment in your culture, of productivity and the systems and the processes and everything that needs to take place on a weekly basis. Because as we all know who have worked full time in ministry, Sunday is always coming, right? There's <laughs> it's right. always coming. No matter what Sunday never ends. Yeah, 52 <laughs> times a year, Sunday is coming. And so if you can get everyone at the top in alignment, that it really just opens everything up on down the line, if I can use that that phrase. To just create a really robust and flourishing and productive church, and so it really mm-hmm. all comes back up to the top, and that is why that's the focus of the challenge we have coming up is how to develop a highly productive pastoral staff, so that you don't have to make that choice between pastoring right. a, a growing
0: church or spending at time at time at home with your family. Right. Well, and John Maxwell says he says you know everything rises and falls on leadership, and I think that. Mm-hmm. You know, we see that in ministry across the board. You know, if, you know, you know, if you go to the top, you go to the lead pastor, if the lead pastor is stressed and overwhelmed, if, you know, he's unable to get everything he needs to done, you know, throughout his days and, you know, he always feels like he's behind and he's always reacting. Well, give it enough time and the entire church feels that way. And that's because the lead pastor is that way. So the staff is that way. So the volunteers are that way. The congregation is that way. Whereas if we can create an environment as pastors, as ministry leaders, if we can create an environment, create a highly productive environment for our staff, then as lead pastors, we are less stressed, we are less overwhelmed, all those things kind of go away, and then it trickles down. And not only does it relieve that pressure and all of those things for all of us, but it also opens up the doors into our communities and it, it right. creates a forward thinking, you know, gospel mission-centered focus to where... I'm not spending my days trying to manage my tasks and my stress. I'm spending my days serving people and and spreading the gospel into the community. And so, you know, the whole idea is, you know, like Jason is saying, if you can just turn this key and have this highly productive staff, then everything else will fall into alignment. And, 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 and there's a flow that, um, that I, you know, honestly, I think that God believes and wants us to approach ministry in this way where, you know, it's not all on the pastor. And I know that, You know, there's, you know, some ministry mindsets and philosophies that, you know, well, ministry is just a 24 hour, seven days a week job. And, and, you know, if your family suffers, that's just the price you pay. I just, I have a hard time thinking that God gets behind that idea, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I just, I don't, I don't see. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we talk about this in Bible college, right? It's like, I remember being in Bible college, like day one, uh, the professor putting up on the board, the priorities, Right? It's like first mm-hmm. comes God, right? right? Then comes the wife. Then comes yep. the kids, and they usually make that distinction. Sometimes it just says mm-hmm. God then family, then ministry. Right. Sometimes <laughs> they break it out, which I think is helpful, that you know, yeah. your your covenantal relationship with your wife first, and then your kids, yep. and then the ministry. And there's a reason why, like from day 1, they just like pound this into you in Bible college is because if you get that out of alignment, if that goes south pretty quickly, then you know you're going to end up like unfortunately brandon and i have seen so many pastors uh divorced or affairs or burnt out or you know have to shut the the doors of the church down because of all of these extenuating problems that come from just simply not having those things in alignment so i yeah i completely agree like there's there is there is no such scenario in which God is like smiling down and in favor of you <laughs> sacrificing your roles as husband and father at home so that right. the church can grow. Like, I, d- I just think it's a false dichotomy. And I don't think that, um, yeah, I, d- I don't think it's healthy. I mean, Brandon, you do uh, consulting. You work with these pastors. I mean, you're, you're right. right there in the trenches with them. How many of all of the problems that pastors bring to you in those in those consulting uh, coaching classes that you do like how many of their problems could really be solved if they would just if they had developed a highly productive pastoral staff
0: Yeah, tons. And quite honestly, most of my clients, most of the pastors that I work with, that's the front end of their conversation is, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get my team more focused or trying to get my my pastoral staff, you know, to to get more done or to be, you know, more energetic about their jobs or whatever. Like a lot of times that's the focus is, you know, or I'm hiring people on my staff and I want, you know, I want people because ultimately what the lead pastors want is they want they want their church to grow, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a lead pastor. But the maybe the back end tension, and some of them are a little more hesitant to admit this, admit this, but on the back end tension is they want a growing church, but they also want time with their families. Many of them have young kids, you know, they have kids, you know, who are in their early childhood and they want to see the baseball games and the soccer games and the the ballets, and like they want to be able to be a part of all that. Or at the very least, they just want to be home at five o'clock every night. So they can have dinner with their families and hang out before the kids go to bed at seven o'clock you know but the problem is is ministry is just demanding and so a lot of the pastors that i talk to they're asking the question how do i hire staff members how do i build this this team to where the the church is growing but then on the back end they're also asking and so that i can go home so that it's not all on me so i'm not carrying the weight of everything every day Uh, but so that I can delegate out and I can empower my team and they can run things. And, you know, they're not coming to my door every day knocking 500 times. And so I can get my work done. And, you know, those are all the questions that pastors are asking. And so it's a huge tension that we always have. We can't fix it in a way of it goes away. There's always going to be this tension of a growing church and a, you know, and being time with having time with my family. That's a tension we have to manage. Andy Stanley says that all the time. Some problems get fixed. Others are just tensions to manage. This is a tension that needs to be managed. I just think that too often we manage that poorly um, because the reality is is that the church is way more demanding than our families. Our families will quietly sit back Mm. and let it happen, whereas the church will not. Mm. And we as pastors have to find a way to manage that tension better because usually when our families start demanding attention, it's we're we're in trouble. It's too late. We're down that road too far. And you know, sometimes there's not a road back. And and that's the, you know, that's the hurt, the, you know, the hurtful, angry truth about all of this is that, you know, our, our families usually sit in the background and suffer until it's too late. And when they say something, man, we have to pay attention. And quite honestly, that's where a lot of pastors choose to step out of ministry. To save their family, and our goal is to fix that problem way before you get down that road. Right. Never so, you know, either. you you keep the you know keep those priorities set before you have to make that tough decision.
1: Yeah, and you know, if we're just being honest, how many things do you do throughout the day every day as a pastor that you spend your limited time on, your limited mental energy, like you, your limited resources on, that really you don't even need to be doing in the first place? right? Right. Either because these are like superfluous tasks that like, they're they're not a priority. Like you Mm -hmm. can just eliminate them and just like, we don't even need to be focused on this right now. Or they honestly should be somebody else's tasks. Like there are other people on staff (laughs) who are here, you know, like for this purpose to help carry some of this load and this burden. And so for me, it's like that, if, if, The first, like when you look at your day, you look at your week, you look at your calendar and you say, okay, I only have a finite amount of time. And a lot of that's going to be given to the church. A lot of that's going to be given to my family in any given week. It's like, how much of these things that are taking up my time can I just immediately eliminate and remove either by literally eliminating them or by giving them to someone else and building a highly productive pastoral staff so that they can knock this stuff out Without, like you said, just knocking on the door constantly saying, hey, pastor, what do you think about this? Hey, pastor, what about, you know, just bringing problems to you all day long. That (laughs) I need this, I need that. (laughs) Yeah, should be just getting resolved without you needing to be a part of every little step of the process. And so I think that is the key. That's that's the long-term road to success is that, yeah, in in the short term, you can put in more hours, and that might help solve some problems for a little while. In the short term, your family can take a back seat. You know, just for this right. weekend, you know, how often do we yeah. lie to right. ourselves that it's just
0: this season? Just this weekend. Yeah, if I could
1: just get through Easter, if I can just yeah. get through this this VBS, if I can just yeah. get when I get done stuff, with this,
0: it'll all change. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and that day never comes. It never no, is going to come. It doesn't. And so the only way, you know, I'm just I'm so on board with with everything Brandon is saying. Like the only way to really get ahead of all of this is and get in front Mm -hmm. of all of this and create some long-term solutions to this tension that you, unfortunately, are forced to manage as a lead pastor is to create and develop a highly productive pastoral staff that can start to handle, eliminate, automate, delegate, you know, start to do these things without you needing to be a part of every little step of the process. And you would be amazed. I mean, this is not unique to ministry, right? This is just organizational development, organizational flow. Now the application in ministry might be unique, but it's you've got to get out from underneath this big, huge burden of tasks and responsibilities that if you're being honest and you just look at and you say, how much of this do I directly need to be involved with for it to be successful?
0: Mm -hmm. Hopefully
1: the answer is very little, right? You're doing a great job as a leader if you look at all of that and say, most of this can be successful without me needing to be a direct part of it
0: right right well and the other side of that too is when you take that stance and you're delegating you're helping your staff be successful you're helping them live out their calling and so not only are you lowering your own your own load and having time with your family and having a growing church but you're also developing other pastors and ministry leaders who get to fulfill their, their calling and you know ideally then move on at some point to successfully have their own churches moving you know reaching communities, all that kind of stuff. And so or even as the yeah. church grows,
1: their capacity for leadership expands mm-hmm. and, and expands so that right. as the church is growing, either numerically or just influence in the community, their capacity as a leader is expanding and growing to yep. handle the the growth that God is giving.
0: Yep. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. So with that, so, this,
1: that's a great segue into, you know, something unique about this challenge we're doing coming up, you know, how to how to build a highly productive pastoral staff is we're using the strengths finders assessment to as as kind of the avenue or the pathway, the key to kind of unlocking that so that you can better manage this tension, ideally have your cake and eat it too. So what you just said, Brandon, about one of the key benefits of developing that highly productive staff is that you can, you know, build on their strengths, you can Mm -hmm. customize like their role within ministry to to be enjoyable for them. I mean, because the, right. the chances are, if you're super stressed out in your role as lead pastor, other people <laughs> are probably stressed out in their roles. Too. It trickles down. There's yeah, you can't avoid exactly.
0: That. You you can't be stressed and assume everybody else isn't. That's right. just not
1: possible. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So, can you speak for a moment about strengths finders as as its general mm-hmm. philosophy? It's not a, a personality assessment, is it? Right. It's. No. What is the philosophy of, around building a culture of productivity on people's mm-hmm. strengths?
0: Yeah. So most of us learn in an environment of, of negativity. So we're focused on the areas we need to grow in, weaknesses, all of those things. And what the strengths finder does is it says, hey, you already have things in you that you're strong in naturally. This is how you're built. That's your personality, whatever. And so what the strengths finder assessment does is it identifies the top five strengths that you have. And once you kind of know that, it's super empowering because – when you know what your top five strengths are, I know for me, when I take it, when I've when I've taken it in the past, and I find out, oh yeah, so my number one strength is competition, number one across mm-hmm. the board. And you know, all growing up and everything else, and in college, I kind of felt like competition was a little bit of a negative because, mm-hmm. especially once I was out of high school and off the field, competition became this like overly aggressive thing that <laughs> yeah. you know i started I started feeling bad about it because, like, man, unless people I'm on the
1: down and.
0: Yeah, exactly. You got to climb over people. (laughs) (laughs) And so I started feeling like competition was a negative. And when I took StrengthsFinder and found out, okay, your number one strength is competition, my first reaction was like, oh man, that's not good. (laughs) But then when StrengthsFinder unpacked that for me and helped me understand that it's really about how I'm motivated, I'm motivated um, by creating goals and creating you know, tasks that are ascending and developing and going. And so the competitive nature in me says, I was here yesterday, so I want to be there tomorrow. And I'm highly motivated to do it because that's how I'm built. And so once I understood that, then I completely understand how I approached work, relationships, everything else. And so, you know, by doing strengths finders and using that assessment, not only does it empower me as the individual knowing my strengths, but as a lead pastor, I now know how to motivate each of my pastors on staff. I don't, I don't treat them all the same because they're not all the same. And when I'm motivating them, uh, according to their strength, they're a lot more motivated to get stuff done and to work in the areas that they're good at. And so, so yeah, by using the assessment, it actually simplifies things and makes things a whole lot easier, uh, for the lead pastor to help his team become highly productive.
1: Right. And it, you know, if you are a lead pastor that's ever spent any amount of time on a church staff, not as a lead pastor, Maybe you came up as a youth pastor or a worship leader or something like that. Like, you know what it's like to, to live right. in a, a organization, right? The church is an organization where it's, you know, nothing is is like suited to your strengths or you're being right. asked to, I'm not talking about like, you know, serving and setting up the chairs, right? Like I'm talking about like <laughs> you're, you're serving a key role in the organization that is really not built on your strengths and everything feels right. like a, a hustle. Everything feels like a grind. You know, the daily grind. And if the lead pastor that you were under did not do a great job at at making you highly productive, like through your right. strengths and suiting you, your role for you and how, how God has wired you, you've probably felt what it feels like to just, you know, go through the motions every single week, Sunday to Sunday, just kind of frustrated. Things are harder than they should be, things are more stressful than they should be. And yeah. you maybe have even felt capped or limited. Uh, you know, if you're just being honest, you you would say to yourself, right. "Like, man, I could ju- I could be so much more productive. I could be so yeah. much more fruitful. Like, I could be growing so much more in this role if this lid was taken off." You know, Brandon, you yeah. mentioned John Maxwell. Like, one of the things that I just remember most of all the the 21 uh, how is it leadership <laughs> 21 laws uh, 21 irrefutable <laughs> laws of leadership. Uh, he uh, one of them is the law of the lid. Yep. right and that everyone in the organization can only go as high as the lid the lid being yep. you the in this case the lead pastor and so if you've ever you know come up against that lid as a youth pastor or worship director or basically anyone on a pastoral staff before mm-hmm. you know how frustrating it can be week after week to feel held back and to feel limited right. and to feel hindered because like you just you're ready for this thing to open up a little bit and if you right now are feeling held back and limited and hindered as a lead pastor, because you right. feel like your pastoral staff is not really doing their job like they ought to, there may be some reciprocation there that because mm-hmm. the church doesn't yet have a highly productive culture, you've not built that into the, the DNA of your church that they, I mean, yeah, t- my point being, it may be a huge favor to them to right. make that shift. And say, you yep. know what, I'm going to start focusing my attentions on building a culture of productivity built on the strengths of my pastoral staff. And man, I just, I just, you know, having worked in churches for so long, just what a difference maker it is when yeah. the person at the top, you know, for lack of a better term just like blows the lid off, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And just says, you know what, we're going to open this thing up for all of your strengths and your potential to really see you grow and
0: shine. Like, man, it's like, once you do that, it's like the sky's the limit. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So Jason, as we are closing up this episode, Mm -hmm. do you have any final thoughts just to kind of leave with everybody?
1: Yeah. I, I just keep coming back down to this like basic fundamental reality that that, you know, Brandon and I are both saying, it really is as simple as this, that if you want to pastor a growing church and give yep. your best energies and your best time and your best effort to your church and simultaneously be present at home with your family, have a healthy marriage, have, you know, kids who respect you, who don't feel like you're missing. Uh, right. You know, kids aren't sad every time you walk out the door because they never know when you're <laughs> going to come back. Like if you right. really want to be able to have both At the exact same time, which is like the eternal tension, as you mentioned, Brandon, for lead pastors, I really do believe, along with Brandon, that the only way, not just the best way, but the only way to really achieve both of those two things at the same time is by developing and building a highly productive pastoral staff and overall creating a culture of productivity within your church built right. on the strengths of your primary top leaders
0: right yep well and at the end of the day as lead pastors what we are is we are stewards we're stewards of you know the church's finances and we're stewards of you know the other resources that we have we're stewards of our volunteers and our congregation and our and our staff and you know in order to be good stewards we need to use all the tools that we can and we need to invest in the places that we need to invest and if you can invest into your staff and and help them be highly productive. It's not a selfish thing. It's not I want my staff to be productive so I can go home and be with my kids. It's a stewardship thing. Hmm. You're investing into them so that they can have time with their families and they can be highly productive and fulfill their calling and ultimately so you can go home and be with your kids and all of you can enjoy living out God's plan for your life by building a church and growing a church that's reaching the community and advancing the kingdom of God. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So, yeah, in order to do all that, we have to, we have to figure out how to design a highly productive staff. And so, um, so yeah, so over the next few weeks, we're going to really focus in on that leading up to the five day challenge. And so I want to remind you, May 3rd is when we're going to kick that off. May 3rd is we're going to go live, um, in the challenge. And in order to be a part of that, you need to go to ministryhackers.com slash challenge, ministryhackers.com slash challenge. All you have to do is put your name, your email, uh, it, it'll send out all the information you need, how to get into the ministry hackers group. And that's where we'll be going live. It's free, free, free. So there's really no reason not to be a part. And so I want to invite you in. Jason and I are uh, excited about it. We're gearing up for it. And I hope to see every one of you in the ministry hackers community be a part of that, especially if you're a lead pastor in your first five years, this is really going to change everything that you do as a as a as a pastor of, of a church and so um honestly. so great great episode today uh, Jason yeah. thank you for being here yeah 5 days 5 days set you up
1: for success over the next 5
0: years yeah oh yeah, yeah.
1: honestly is it's an it's an intensive it's 5 days it's a free challenge mm-hmm. and over those 5 <clears throat> days we're going to be walking you through exactly how to build a highly productive pastoral staff so that you, can, you don't have to keep managing this tension. You can actually have both things at the exact same time. And just think right. about if you were really to do that, I mean, just honestly think to yourself, if five days into the challenge, you were actually able to develop a highly productive pastoral staff, how that would yeah. change your life in ministry and change your life mm-hmm. with your family like and yep. pay dividends for years and years to come. If you were actually right. able to do that. So, it is a free gift to you. We, Brandon and I are going all in. Like we've blocked out the calendars like right. we're just going to pour <laughs> into you and and yep. share with you everything that we know on how to exactly do that through using the strengths finder assessment. So, yeah, one last time, if you are interested in that, if that sounds like something like, man, that sounds like a godsend. <laughs> if if you can download that to me in 5 days and and affect the trajectory of my life for the next five years then just go to ministryhackers.com slash challenge opt in sign up for free completely free and uh, we'll see you there starting May 3rd we go live it's all
0: live go live May May 3rd well thank you everybody for being here I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day and I will see you in the next episode
1: all right see you guys